0: Well, we're in a series right now just simply titled, Be Strong. Ephesians 6.10 tells us to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. This is about being strong spiritually. We are in a spiritual battle. It is an unseen battle, and yet we see evidence of it all around us every day. There are lives that are destroyed, and there are also lives that are changed. People that are delivered and set free and healed. And we see this going on in our world. It is the evidence of a great spiritual battle. We need to be aware of this battle because it gives us that sense of urgency that we got to be strong in the Lord. You know, the Lord told Joshua to lead his people into the promised land and to drive out their enemies. But he told him three times, be strong and of good courage. And I want you to know that for us to fulfill the call, the purpose of God in our lives... Individually, we have to be strong. If we are weak, we will surely fail. We talked about last week that we can be strong because the Lord is my strength. But I want to encourage you this morning, I want you to understand, you see, sometimes people kind of get the wrong idea about that. Since the Lord is my strength, well, I don't need anybody else. And I want you to know that is not at all what the Bible teaches By the way, I'll just give you a little bit here right at the front. I mentioned Joshua. Did you know Joshua didn't do it by himself? No, he went in with the people of God. And he had his friend Caleb at his side when he went in. But you see, though our strength comes from the Lord, we are stronger together. We need to know this, that we're not supposed to do this life, this battle alone, but we do it with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We're all in this together. That's strange how that sometimes people get the idea and the attitude that we can just do it alone, you know, just me and Jesus. But that attitude doesn't come from the Scripture. Rather, it is born out of the pride of man. We need the rest of the body of Christ. We're stronger together. See, we're stronger when we join with Others. You see, even our missionaries who sometimes, you know, we kind of think they're out there all on their own, and, you know, physically, maybe they are out there all on their own sometimes, but they would be the first to tell you that they need the prayers and the support of the church. We see this even in the great Apostle Paul. You know, everywhere he went, just about, he left a church behind, starting churches, and God took him to places where there were no believers, but there were when he left. But even the great Apostle Paul made it so clear how much he needed the church, the body of Christ to support him, and how much he needed their prayers. You see, none of us can do this on our own. It is that old pride that says, I can do it myself. And it is a great deception of our adversary. See, in this battle, we absolutely have an adversary. 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And I want you to know, he likes to isolate. That's right. You know, it's hard for the enemy for our adversary to devour, to destroy somebody when they're together with other strong believers. It almost never happens that way. No, it's when they get off by themselves and they're isolated or, you know, at least they've isolated themselves in some way. I'm just telling you, that's when the enemy makes easy prey of them. See, because alone it's too easy for us to be deceived. It's easy for us to lose our way and become a lost sheep. I mean, we've all seen people that just drifted away. You know, Jesus talks about leaving the 99 to go after the lost sheep. How does somebody become a lost sheep? Well, it's pretty simple. They They left the flock. They're not with the 99. They're out there by themselves trying to do it on their own. And by the way, we're supposed to bring those back in. But you see, alone, it's too easy for us to get into error. And that pride gets the best of us. And pride, the Bible says, goes before destruction. But all of us are part of the body of Christ. Now hear this, all of us are a part of the body of Christ. Yes, we're all part of the body, but we are all individually a part of the body of Christ. None of us has it all by ourselves. 1 Corinthians 12, 21 tells us, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. And again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. I talk about this verse frequently because there is such a stronghold, this religious culture of America that says that I don't need anybody else just me and Jesus you see right here in the word of God that it says we can never say that we need all the other parts of the body of Christ without them we are weak it doesn't matter how strong your hand is what can it do apart from your body doesn't matter how good your eyes are. What can they do apart from your body? How foolish it is for us to think that we can function strong and be what God wants us to be apart from the rest of the body. We all need each other. We are stronger when we're joined together with others. And without that, we struggle, we grow weak, and some don't make it. We're stronger together. You can't just slip into church and slip out, that's not really what church is about. I understand the attitude, the mentality, and I know that some people, you know, they've been hurt and they don't want to get involved in all of that, but let me tell you, God can heal you, and you need the strength that comes from being together. We all need strength and encouragement from others, and you know, we this fellowship that we have, the camaraderie that we have, that is... Not just a nice thing, see? It's vital to your spiritual life, to you being strong in the Lord. You see, it's not even just a matter of, well, can you, can you hang on to the end? Can you make it? It's a matter of you being able to do and accomplish all that God wants you to. you got to be strong to be able to do that. And we are stronger together, see? We're all soldiers of Jesus Christ. We need each other in this fight we got to be there for each other. When there's rough times, difficult times, battles, we're stronger together. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12, I'm going to read it from the NIV, we'll just kind of work our way through it. But he says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. A good return for their work. You see, when we are joined together with others, we can get a whole lot more accomplished. I knew a pastor one time, uh, he didn't tell me this himself, but his son and others told me that he could hang sheetrock by himself on the ceiling. Now, I wouldn't even attempt that. That's just too much for me. But somehow or another, this man could use his head to hold the sheetrock up while he nailed it into place. He might could do it, but let me tell you what I know about that. Oh, how much easier it is when you've got somebody to hold the other end. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there are some things that maybe you don't need anybody. But there are a lot of things in this life, and especially when it comes to this battle that we're in and the things of God, we're just so much more effective when we work together. It's not just a little easier. It's way easier when we work together. That's why two are better than one. They have a good return for their work. And I want to tell you, as a pastor, you know, we're trying to grow the church and see lives change and disciple people. You know what? A pastor can't do it all himself. No, it takes all of us. It takes greeters out in the front and it takes nursery workers and children's workers and youth workers and a worship team and people running the video camera and the sound system and can we do without all that? You know, a pastor could start a church and be all by his lonesome. But I'm going to tell you right now that when you have everybody working together, then it's, it's exponential the growth that can happen and how different it is. You see, this is the way God intends it to be is that we all are in this together and we get, we get stronger together. Verse 10 says, If one falls, his friend can help him up, but pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. You know what? All of us either fall or get knocked down sooner or later. But how much better it is when we have somebody that's there to help us get up and get going again. Years ago, in fact, I think it was back in the 70s, but at the Seattle Special Olympics, there were nine contestants that lined up for the 100-yard dash, and they all had varying degrees of mental or physical challenges, but they all took off from the starting line, and as they began to run, one young man fell and hurt himself and some of the others turned and came back and they helped him up and they locked arms together and they walked across the finish line together. And they say that the crowd stood and cheered for 10 minutes. They didn't cheer for 10 minutes for any winners that day. They cheered for 10 minutes for the ones that locked arms together and finished together. Why? Because there's something deep down on the inside of us that knows it's not just about beating everybody else. You see, this culture we live in, it's just about being the top dog and about beating other people. But in the body of Christ, we got to know this. It's about us finishing together. It's not just, can I do it on my own? Listen, it's about us all doing this together. We all need each other. Don't let that old pride get on you and think that you are called to do it alone. You certainly are not. Verse 11, also if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Now, I got to tell you, I really believe that as a believer, you ought to have your own fire. You know, I mean, I mean if the only time you can get fired up is when brother so and so's in town or you go to this certain special meeting and you get all fired up but the rest of the time you just old cold dead. You need to get your own fire. But at the same time, I know what this verse says is true spiritually, that when we are together with other believers that are on fire, it's so much easier to stay on fire. And you see, we need that. It helps us. It's not a matter of could you. Could you make it on your own? No, we all need each other that way. Pastor went to visit a man who didn't go to church and he told the pastor, he said I don't need to go to church you know, I can be a Christian without going to church, I don't need all that the pastor didn't say anything but the man had a fire going in the fireplace because it was winter and so the pastor just walked over to the fire and he took the poker and he separated a burning ember over by itself well you know it didn't take very long until That ember went out and turned dark. The man said, I see. I want you to know, it's a whole lot easier to stay on fire when you are connected with some other believers. We are stronger when we are together with other believers. Back in the Vietnam War, there was an army sergeant that had these young men at their, their training, being prepared for battle. And he told them, he said, these next nine weeks, it's gonna be so tough, some of you won't even be able to make it. And he was really scaring them, telling them, you know, I gotta get you ready for battle. I'm gonna do the best I can to save you, save your life. I gotta get you ready so that you know what to do when you're ready. And he says, Now here's the first thing that you gotta do. He said, You gotta get you a ranger buddy you got to have a friend that both of you will never, ever leave each other. You'll be there when one falls down, he'll help him up. When one is in trouble, you'll be there to take care of him and he'll take care of you. We ought to know this in the body of Christ, that we are never supposed to be alone. That we always have some people that we take care of and they take care of us. People that we know have our back, they're praying for us and we're praying for them. And if we're in trouble, they know about it. This is part of the problem in the church world today. There's a lot of people. They get in trouble. They're going through things. They drop out of church. And nobody even knows because they don't have any relationships. Y'all real quiet. we got to have those kinds of relationships. We are stronger together. We all need those relationships. You know, as great of a leader... As the man Moses was, when God called him, Moses was too weak to do it himself, by himself, with God's help. He had to have his brother Aaron with him. You ever thought about that? And I already mentioned Joshua. You know, Joshua, he had Caleb right by his side all the time. You see, we... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those three Hebrew young men that wouldn't bow to the king's golden image and they were thrown into the fiery furnace and they came out together in victory. But there was three of them. Who knows if one of them would have stood by himself. But together they made it. You know, you come to the New Testament, you got Peter and John, they ran to the tomb, found the empty tomb. It was Peter and John on the way to the temple to pray, and they raised a lame man to his feet. Peter and John thrown into prison for preaching about Jesus, and they said, don't preach in this name again. It was Peter and John that walked out free. How about Paul and Silas? The same thing happened to them put in prison for preaching the gospel, and God sent an earthquake, and they walked out free. I'm just telling you, though, that you see this over and over and over. Where they weren't alone, they had somebody with them. We need somebody. We grow stronger when we work together with the rest of the body of Christ. Now, I already talked about how our our efforts become so much easier as we work together. But I want you to see this. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16 in the NIV, it says, From Him, Jesus, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. See, the Word of God makes it clear that the church grows and gets stronger. It builds itself up as each part does its work. I want you to understand that this is also true for us individually, that as we work with the rest of the body of Christ, the church is being built up, the church is getting stronger, but so are we. You know, our physical body, if, if you want to get stronger... You have to work it somehow. You have to exercise it. You have to challenge those muscles or they're not going to grow. In fact, sometimes when somebody has an injury or they get laid up for a while, one of the problems is that their muscles begin to atrophy because they're not being used. I want you to know there's a lot of people in the body of Christ that are getting weak spiritually because they're not using what they have. They're not serving, they're not working, they're not involved. Because when you're involved and you're working for the Lord, you get stronger. That's right. I want to tell you, for some of us, getting ready to preach makes us stronger. Getting ready to teach makes us Stronger. Anybody ever taught a kid's class and you realize that getting ready to teach that kid's class made you stronger? Anybody, any growth group leader say, hey, being a growth group leader, it's made me stronger? Yes, whatever we do for the Lord, you see, when we're involved and we're working for the Lord, it makes us stronger. And here's the thing. Yes, none of us can do it on our own. We all need each other's wisdom. We all, you know, none of us has it all together. None of us has a corner on the truth. None of us is always right. We all need each other. Nobody has all the gifts. Nobody can do it all. How about the quarterback? You know, he's he's the one that makes it happen. He makes the big bucks and all that quarterback. He's so important. Well, I will tell you something. He can't do it on his own. I mean, if, if that quarterback doesn't have a good offensive line, if he doesn't have a good running back behind him, if he doesn't have some receivers, he can't do it on his own. Let me tell you something else. You can get you 11 quarterbacks out there. How's that going to work? It ain't. It's going to stink. No, you need, you need all those other people in their spot, in their place. And that's the way it is in the body of Christ. Christ. We need everybody. We need each one doing what God has gifted and equipped them to do. That's the way it works. Romans chapter 12, I want to read to you verses 3 through 8. Paul writes, I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you to not think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministry. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation... He who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Now this isn't an all-inclusive list. There are all kinds of gifts in the body of Christ. But I want us to go back, and I want to go back to verses 1 and 2 because I want you to see how this is set up. A lot of the time we talk about this passage or we talk about verses 1 and 2, Separately, but I want you to see how this is set up with verses 1 and 2. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. You see, to use our gifts for the Lord, first and foremost, we have to be surrendered to the Lord. This is the main reason why a lot of people don't, don't work for the Lord. They don't really serve the Lord or do anything for the Lord because they haven't surrendered their life to the Lord. I mean, it's one thing to say I'd die for Him, but it's another thing to live for Him and to serve Him every day. So if we're really going to be used to the Lord, if we're really going to you know, allow God to use our gifts in the body of Christ, we have to be completely surrendered to Him. And I like the way the New King James ends that verse. It says, you're a reasonable service. You're a reasonable service. I mean, in view of God's mercy, in view of what He has done for us, this is just the reasonable service that we could give Him. Verse 2, he says... This one especially, we we preach this verse a lot by itself, but just in talking about gifts here in this context, do not conform any longer to, to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, the world, he says, don't be like the world anymore. Change the way you think. How does the world think about gifts? Well, my gifts, that's... That's to help me get ahead. That's to help me be successful. That's what gifts are for. That's the way the world looks at gifts. It's all about what it does for me, what I can do, my talents, and what I can do. Listen, in the body of Christ, it's not that way at all because we are, whatever gifts we have, they're not for us, they're for other people. See, We've got to change the way we think and not be like the world. The world operates in pride, and it's about me and what I can do and what I get in return. But in the kingdom, those gifts are always a gift to others. In fact, the, all of those things that he listed there are only valuable in what they do for others. That's why it's a gift. But we, we grow stronger when we work together with others in the body of Christ. You know, the Bible tells us in Galatians 6 2, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. See, if we really want to love one another... And then when somebody's going through a difficult time, it's talking about when somebody's under a heavy load, that's when we step in and we lighten their load and we try to help them. We carry one another's burdens. See, we want to win. We want to make it to the finish line. We want to keep the faith. We want to overcome. But we got to make sure that our brothers and sisters make it too. And one of the ways that we can do that is given to us in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 13. It says, encourage one another daily. You know, it might sound like just a little thing, but I I want you to understand when it says encourage, it's not just talking about give somebody a pat on the back or, you know, just say something nice to them. It is talking about you Speaking the truth in love. It's talking about you exhorting them. In fact, that's what it says in the, the New King James. In the King James, it says to exhort. It's talking about you having a word when they're heading the wrong direction. You got something to say to help them, to get them turned back around and going the right way. But he, how often does he say to do this? Daily. Encourage one another daily. Daily. I don't think most people even do it once a month. We need to do this every day that we are encouraging our brothers and sisters daily. Why? Because we're in a battle and we got to stay strong in the Lord. You can make the difference in somebody else's eternity. I want you to know when you get to be a part of that... It just makes you stronger. James 5, 19 and 20. This is one of those passages, you know, just... I don't think I've ever actually used these two verses in a message before. You know, I kind of wondered if the Lord just stuck it in there. But I do somehow in the recesses of my mind know that I've read it. But here we go. It's James 5, 19 and 20. He says, brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth. Do you know anybody that's wandered from the truth? I mean, they just, they just kind of lost their way. And someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. I want to tell you, you can change somebody's life, but we got to be willing to be used of God in that way. Speak the truth to people and help people to find their way. Last, we are stronger when we pray together. Deuteronomy 32 and 30. It says that with the Lord, one can put a thousand to flight. Two can put 10,000 to flight. You see, it's exponential. It's not just double. It's exponential. Two can put 10,000 to flight. Listen, I'm well aware that we read many times in the Scripture about somebody like Elijah, who this one man prayed... And God answered his prayers and it brought revival. But I also know that there are many times in the scripture where God calls us to pray together, that we are strengthened by the prayers of others and they are strengthened by our prayer. There's great power in unity, there's great power in the prayer of agreement. One, we'll put a thousand to flight. Two, can put 10,000 to flight. I'm telling you, we are stronger when we pray together. I want to go back to our key verse for this series, Ephesians 6.10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. And then he goes into all that about standing against all the wiles of the devil and having on the whole armor of God. And he comes down to this in verse 18. He says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. See, this is how we fight this battle being watchful to this end with all perseverance and suffocation for all the saints and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. The great Apostle Paul is saying, pray for me, that I'll be able to speak it boldly as the ambassador in chains to speak as I ought to speak. I want you to know, the truth is, it does not matter how funny, how charismatic, how smart, how entertaining, how interesting a speaker is. It is only the supernatural touch and anointing of God that can change a person's life for eternity. And that's why prayer is the absolute necessity. That's the only way that happens. And we can't count on the strength of man. It is the power, it is the strength of God that comes when people pray. And I know, I know, I am so blessed that many of you pray for me. Well, I just want to say all the more. Pray for me. If Paul can say it, how much more do I need to say it? Pray for me that I'll preach it the way it ought to be. Boldly. Amen. Amen. But you see, it's not just the preacher. We all need people praying for us. Every single one of us. None of us is so strong that we don't need prayer. Paul asked for prayer, and he made it so clear that he prayed for them. Again and again and again, he talks about praying for them. Prayer. It'll change your life, and it'll change somebody else's life too. Anybody here besides me believe that your life was changed because somebody was praying? Anybody here believe that if not for somebody's prayers, there was a dangerous situation or something that you went through where you might have died, you might have lost your life if people weren't praying? Raise your hand a little higher because some people need to see them. I want to tell you, you see, prayer makes the difference. It's so powerful. We we just need to get a hold of this and start praying and praying more and more together for each other all the time, looking for an opportunity to pray for one another. It was always Jesus is our best example. I I got to tell you, before I get to that... I know that for me personally, I have endured things that I could not have endured. I have been able to do things that I could not do. I know that for me personally, there are times when there was no way that I could have one, but it was the prayers of others that God did it by His Spirit. And I'm just saying, you see, we all need that. And I, I'm, I'm, I know that there were times when people were praying, and I'm sure there were countless times when people were praying and God stepped in. But I'm just saying, you see, we all need that. And Jesus is our example always. In Luke Chapter 22, beginning from verse 31, the Lord says, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail, and when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. You see, Jesus prayed for him that his faith wouldn't fail. And Simon in turn would strengthen his brethren. But listen to what Simon says next. Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and death. And Jesus says to him, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny three times that you know me. Jesus knew that Simon Peter was going to blow it in a big way. He knew. And yet... You see, because he has prayed for him, he knows that his faith will not fail. I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. You see, your prayers can absolutely make the difference in whether or not somebody else makes it. made the difference in Simon returning to strengthen his brethren. And your prayers can make the difference in somebody else's life. And guess what? Their prayers can make the difference in your life. It makes a difference when we pray, when we intercede, when we call their name before the Father. James 5.16 says, Pray for one another. The most powerful thing you ever do for somebody else is to pray for them. And the most powerful friend that you have It's not the one who's got the contacts, you know, the connections. It's the one that prays for you. That's a real connection. I'm telling you, when you're struggling, you need a friend who prays. Ephesians 3, 14 through 16 is one example of the Apostle Paul's prayers. He says, For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. What a great prayer. To pray that our brothers and sisters be strengthened with his might in the inner man, all oh, just deep down on the inside, that God would give their spirit strength, that they'll have what they need to push through, to c- go on and come out on the other side in victory. But prayer is how we fight for one another. Prayer is how this battle is won. Everybody needs somebody that's praying for them on a regular basis. And you need to be praying for some people on a regular basis that none of us are trying to do it on their own. Because sometimes, just praying on our own isn't going to get it. Because sometimes, God chooses to work this way. Jesus said, if any two shall agree together on anything that they ask, it shall be done for them of my Father in heaven. Listen, it's Matthew 18, 19. If two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. That's why we have prayer partners here at the front, because if you want somebody to agree with you in prayer, we have prayer partners that believe God, and they will agree with you in prayer. Anything that we shall ask, Jesus says, our Father will give it you. So I just want to encourage you today. You see, there's such power in the prayer of agreement. We are stronger when we pray together. I want you to stand with me. I'd like for our prayer partners to come as we pray.